Hi, I'm Mark Evers, and welcome to the Human Maintenance Podcast, where we believe don't wait until you break. And I'm here with my colleague and co-host and co-creator, Mr. Graham Hetrick. Graham, how are you feeling today? Well, good. A little tired. I had a early day. Uh, with what I do, there's no there's no hours. You're just there. Yeah, and we're going to get into this, our introduction uh, to the podcast here with human maintenance. It's a, it's a different way of thinking. It's a way of life. We're going to get into the analogy, uh, why this is so valuable um, for the rest of your life to incorporate human maintenance into your into your being. And I think we want to start out, but just share with our listeners, you know, a little bit about our backgrounds. And um, Graham, why don't you share your background? I mean, I've always found it intriguing what you do. We've known each other a long time. When I, I know what you do and I understand it, I just personally couldn't do what you do, but you've got a real gift that uh, the average person, uh, you know, to be able to handle what you do. Just share with our listeners, you know, what's it like like in the, in the day of Graham Hetrick? Well, I'm a, a coroner. I investigate medical legal death investigation. So what I do is uh, I determine the cause and the manner of death. And uh, this podcast is to explain to you right up front who we are and our background. It is the craziest combination I've ever heard of. Everyone that we've said, well, we're going to do this podcast. And they said, well, what do you do? And you said, well, Mark Evers has occupational athletics and he's been a trainer and all these things and sports medicine. And then they said, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I look at dead people. <laughs> and when I'm looking at dead people, essentially what we're doing is determining the cause of death, which is why did that person die? What mechanical reason could that body no longer sustain itself? And the other one is the manner of death, suicide, homicide, accidental, natural. And we have a catch-all, which is called undetermined. We don't really know. We don't have enough evidence to say. There is a reason, but we don't know what that manner is. So that's essentially what I do. But over the years, over more than 30 years, and plus being a criminal investigator and that sort of stuff prior to this, what what always fascinated me were the patterns, because I started to understand, and this is how Ultimately, a TV show started on ID Discovery, which is the coroner, I Speak for the Dead. I love that title, I Speak for the Dead. That that was one that we argued back and forth with Hollywood. Yeah. I, I, I want to explain that if we listen to the dead, we can tell how we are living and how we should be living. And that should be is, I think, what brought us together because we saw the potential Number one, of understanding what the ills are in this neighborhood we're living in, which is called the modern era. So we, we know what these things are and what's coming, but you have to be conditioned to live in that neighborhood, and that's where you came in. Yeah, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great fit because, you know, we're, we're, we're essentially both in the field of health care. You're in death care. <laughs> in a way. And I'm in living care. Trying right. to help people to live, even though I've worked in nursing homes and hospital environments, all different environments. What I've recognized over the years is as we age, uh, many people just don't pay enough attention to themselves to deliver maintenance. 
Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, you know my whole take on wellness. You know, back in the 80s, you know, I got uh, started a hospital wellness program. I was working in one of our local hospitals. And I was amazed, Graham, you know, working in the hospital, looking at our practitioners, you know, some of the nurses, the docs, and, you know, how deconditioned, and uh, many of them were very unhealthy. Uh, they weren't taking care of themselves. Now, here we are caregivers, yet we're not caring for ourselves. And I always had to scratch my head and say, why, why would that be? You would think in any, you know, any, any profession you could pick, wouldn't you think that a healthcare practitioner would really practice human maintenance? Isn't that amazing? And how many doctors have you seen that have the buttons stretched on their white coat and they're telling a patient, You've got to lose weight. <laughs> you got to work out. You got to do this. And back then, a lot of docs were smoking, and it was it was different back. But I mean, it's changing over time. But what I recognize is, wellness isn't the answer. Wellness is an idea. It's a good thing, but wellness will only work for those that are well, because they're the ones that practice. That's where we come together. We believe in human maintenance because we practice that in our own lives, and right. we and we, we know if we didn't practice it. We know that we would not be able to operate at the level that we operate without well, our maintenance. We have we have almost a fifteen year difference. Between yeah, you're more us. seasoned. And I I gotta say, if if you don't, the earlier you start, the fewer times you're going to have to go in for repairs. That's right. <laughs> and so the maintenance is a pretty simple analogy. But you know, all the years I've been at it, and you've been at it too. We just we we try to make it too complicated. You know. Uh, you know, when you look at all the moving parts of maintenance, we'll be getting into our toolbox in some of our episodes and pulling out some incredible tools to help people maintain themselves. But when I, when I look at what we maintain, I work with a lot of corporations. I'm a public speaker. Before COVID, I was on a incredible speaking uh, circuit for years. For 20 plus years, I was traveling in and out of the country, giving live seminars, which I loved because I love the energy now with COVID, you know, where it's a different model. But all those, all those years of doing seminars and, and looking at all the organizations I work with, you know, one thing really st- stood out in my mind. All these companies are doing maintenance to their equipment, their grounds, their buildings, their vehicles. They'll spend a fortune on maintaining fixed assets. And then I say to these CEOs or senior leaders, are you delivering any human maintenance to your most valuable asset? Which they I say always, it's my team member or my employee and they said well what is that well what are you doing to maintain them and someone will say well we have attempted a wellness program how'd it go well it's only working for those that do it it's interesting you say that because many times they forget to start to calculate the cost of an unhealthy employee and they could really save money by thinking about it well there's a huge cost saving the challenge is trying to fix humans that have a brain and can think <laughs> for themselves, you know? I mean, let's face facts. If you had a room of 100 people or 1,000 people, it doesn't matter the number, and you ask them all, should you eat healthy? What are they all going to say? Yes. Should you exercise? Yes. Should I get adequate sleep? Yes. Then you ask them, okay, are you doing it? Uh, no. So that's what we're going to get into the maintenance is give you a new way of looking at yourself and looking at all these moving parts of the human machine as they all require some sort of maintenance. The brain requires maintenance, the heart, the muscles, every square inch. And all the stuff that you've seen in your career in the human machine. Graham, how complex is a human? Oh, that's, 
another thing that I think is so interesting is we've gotten off of the point of looking at the human body not as a collection of separate parts, but the interconnection of a whole system. And that's one of the things we talk about within the toolbox is how one thing, one thing done to your body affects multiple systems within the body. And that whole system is there to give you balance so that if you have that balance, which they call homeostasis, then you're a healthy person and you can handle almost anything. Uh, and that's that's really the the goal that we have is to talk about that system work. Yeah, and you know when you when you apply these uh, tools to the toolbox from the human maintenance toolkit, uh, you can you'll have a better life. And some people say, well, I'm too old to start this, or you know, we'll get into those. Uh, we call those the behavior hurdles. But right. I, I, I wanted to share a story about you know Jack Lane, you know, because <laughs> uh, I had the opportunity to meet him twice uh, in in Las Vegas when I was uh, speaking uh, at a couple of uh, big seminars on on health. And the first time I met Jack, he was eighty two years old, and he was uh, he, I was so inspired when I heard him that time. The second time I met him, I had the opportunity to introduce him in front of a live audience with like uh, a thousand plus people in the room, and. Uh, I introduced him as the most seasoned fitness guru on the planet, Mr. Jack Lane. And he, you remember that unitard he wore, that outfit? Yes. Do you yeah, have, I think most women did. Too. Yeah. Do you have one of those? <laughs> do, you, do you wear one of those? Do you have one of those? Well, I have not worn a leotard. <laughs> it's a unitard. And if you don't know who Jack Lane is, just Google him. But I learned a lot from him. He was so intriguing. and But he gave a message that day that was so compelling. And it wasn't so much just about exercise. It was about life. And what I, re- what I realized when Jack was speaking is not just an inspiration he was, but this guy, he delivered maintenance to himself right up to the very end of his life. He died at 96. He had pneumonia. He exercised two hours a day before he died. He went to bed and didn't wake up. Now, all the Look at me, people you've seen die, like all of them. Wouldn't that be a nice way to ride off to the sunset? Well, the truth of the matter is, most of the deaths a day are a long, drawn-out process because of congenital diseases, because right. maintenance isn't done. Yep. So, somebody may live to be, what, what's the average age of a male now? Uh, 76 to 80. Okay, 76 to 80. How much of those years after 70 are creative, are exciting, uh, eventful? full of gusto, that's what you want to do. That's called living. It's not just some organism functioning and you're in it not having a good time. And I try to encourage people when I'm doing live talks or on my radio shows, you know, I have a Sirius XM radio show on uh, the Road Dog channel, which is channel 146. And we're talking about 1.2, 1.5 million listeners every time we're on the air, trying to encourage our professional truck drivers to live better. How, how many truck drivers are there? Okay, great, great question. So there's estimated to be about uh, 23 million total CDL drivers. That stands for commercial driver's 23 license. 23 million? 23 million CDL drivers, and there are over 3 million over-the-road drivers. Now, they're the drivers that live in their trucks. So it's a huge audience, and without trucking, America stops. So years ago, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Roadway Express. I was working with uh, working in the NFL and working with some athletic teams. And they brought me in to help them because they had a huge workers' comp problem with injuries. 
And then I, I had the opportunity to go out and start to experience the life of a truck driver. And I thought to myself, wow, I, could, you, I could not do this. You talked to me about the mortality rate of truck drivers uh, a couple terrible. of days ago. Yeah, I, it's, I was it's, astounded. It's as low as the uh, mid to late 50s to 61 uh, is, is the average life expectancy of a professional truck driver. Wow. And that's what's driving truck for roughly 20 years. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, so certain careers, and we'll get into some of this in our later segments, that people aren't living as long as they should or could, and we'll tell you the reasons why. But we, we ultimately, with our introduction episode here today, is get you in the game. Get you in the game with us about this new way of thinking and the logic behind it. It's very logical. If you think about the logic, Graham, if your car is not operating properly and you see a warning light go on, do you pay attention to that? Most of the time. Yeah. So, sometimes <laughs> we don't. Sometimes I don't because I don't want to take Pay the time it. to put it in the shop. Right exactly. Because I got something going on in my car right now. I got to take it and my brake light came on. But most of us will pay attention to that. And if your car is not operating properly, whatever you drive, you take it to the mechanic. They'll diagnose it. And they'll say, here's your estimate to, you know, to get this work done. Right. I just learned today that my pickup truck is toast. I took it. Oh, in a, I took really? it. In a, yeah. It looks good on the outside. I took it to get inspected. The frame's completely rusted out. Looks good on the outside. It's ruined on the inside? No good on the inside. Uh, There's not even that many miles on it. It's an, old, it's an older Silverado, and I've had it for years. It's a good beater truck. They called me, and they said, well, sorry, we can't inspect your truck. It's shot. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's got a rust problem. Yep. So, all right, so that, that truck needs traded in. Let's think about this. If you break down, can you trade you in for a new gram? Can I what? Trade yourself in for a new gram metric? No, no, I'm, I think I'm one of a kind. Exactly. <laughs> so with material things, we can get rid of them. We can trade them in. We can upgrade them. With you, with ourselves, you're stuck with yourself. So we really want to encourage everybody that understanding that, you know, because you're your only home, it's you. You don't get another one of you. Take care of the one you got. Yeah. And it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. Uh, as you like to say, we live in a... Tough neighborhood, Graham, is that right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going to help you with these uh, various tools that are in the toolbox. But, Graham, let me ask you a question. You know, what gets you uh, motivated when you get out of bed in the morning to go to work? What, what's what's inspiring you? Well, that's a, that's another thing. And I think some people at this particular time, and this is the COVID time, uh, I think more and more people are thinking about work and meaning. And I just happen to have had the fortune all my life, and you have too, really, to be able to do something that seems rewarding to you, but of service to others also. Right. And so you love what you do and do what you love. And I that that is very I'm very fortunate. So every day when I wake up, I I'm thankful for that. And uh, it's, a, it's a privilege. It can't always be that way. Yeah, and a lot of folks don't earn that same scenario. And I've been fortunate and blessed, too, to be able to um, be in a, build a business and a career on helping people so they help themselves. And that's what human maintenance is about, too, Graham. Help people so they can help themselves. Because you can go to your doctor, you can get a prescription, you can go to your doctor, you can get a diagnosis. What you do about it after you get... That's the question. If you can prevent it from even happening in the first place, that's the ultimate goal. That's is, true. Is prevent. 
And all the years I was in post-claim medicine, I was thinking, wow, it's too late. You already got the injury. You already got the accident. You already got the sickness. What if we could go back in time, which we can't, but what if we start a new track and just take it this direction? And what's interesting, uh, on my seminars, I do Game Plan for Aging Talks. It's one of my books that I've written. And uh, all these aging talks I've given over the years, if I'm speaking to a younger audience, they don't really understand aging. That's, believe, that's because they believe they're immortal at that point. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're all invincible when we're young. But, you know, yeah. and I don't call anybody old. You know, I call them seasons. So you're a little more seasoned than I am. And, and recognize that you, you can't stop the clock of aging. But what you can do, you can manage the clock. And, and, I, and when I started shifting gears, I was speaking for a, a really large organization uh, that deals with mechanical maintenance and construction and utilities. I just started shifting gears, and I just started talking about human maintenance. And my opening slide was human maintenance. Don't wait until you break. Yeah, I think it's a great slide. And people, people paid attention more than just talking about aging. Human maintenance. I gave a talk not too long ago before COVID hit, and one of the guys in the audience came up to me afterwards, and he was very deconditioned and fully admitted it. He said, Mark, I'm very guilty of not doing maintenance. You know, everything you just preached and not doing uh, he said, but I, I just, for some reason, that just struck a note with me because I, I maintain my Harley Davidsons. I've got a fleet of Harleys. I, I collect cars. I'm doing maintenance on this stuff all the time, but I, I don't do anything for me. See, that's an awareness. That's an awareness that not really realizing that the most complex machine and system in the world is the human body. There's no doubt about it. We can't even... We can't even comprehend the complexities of the structure of DNA at this point. And it is so complex. And if it's that complex, do we think a simple thing like a car that needs maintenance that we don't? Of course we do. Yeah, it's really interesting. When I was, I was giving a talk in San Francisco, and it was a, it was a tech company, and it's a couple of years ago, and I'm talking about the complexity of a human machine. And um, this gentleman uh, chimes in, he goes, well, I think artificial intelligence is more complex than humans. I said, well, why would you say that? He said, look at the technology and AI. I said, well, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I agree, but who made it? Humans made it, you know what I mean? So people have different thoughts about that, but it, we have to keep it real simple. We're here to help people, to educate them, to motivate them, to inspire them, that they see the value of themselves. Right. Start practicing a way of life that maybe they haven't done in the past. And if you're already practicing great human maintenance, we're just here to reinforce it, keep it going. We're going to bring some new tools in the toolbox to take you to that next level. So we can always get better with age. And when I wrote the game plan book, it was about compete with yourself to get better with age. And sometimes people get complacent with age, and we don't want you to get complacent. Well, along with knowledge, um, you can change your life. You need the tools. You need the knowledge. What we're going to do is bring a lot of different types of knowledge in here, and we're not telling anybody how to think, but we're telling them to think about maintaining that most important machine they have, and it's their own body. It's the body, the mind, the spirit. It's all connected. You know, this whole mindfulness uh, movement is a big deal. I'm all about it. 
but we have to be mindful of ourselves. And uh, as we get into our upcoming episodes, we're going to get diving into our toolbox, yep. pulling out some tools. And in our next segment, we're going to dive into the motivation section of the toolbox and uh, really you know, start thinking about self-motivation uh, when we go into our next episode. But in closing, Graham, you had some really uh, interesting wisdom uh, before we did the, the podcast today and closing out our segment today for our listeners. Boy, I wish I remember what that was. <laughs> That's because he's seasoned. He doesn't remember. <laughs> well, we, we have to be in the now and realize that we are alive. Because once we realize we're alive, we realize it's a gift. That's right. It's gratitude. Yeah. So be grateful for your life you have. Don't take it for granted because a lot of people do. I mean, all the years I've seen the stuff happen in nursing homes and hospitals and emergency rooms and things that you see in your career, you see the same. So uh, we're here to help and uh, we hope everybody keeps an open mind with what we're talking about with human maintenance. So before the next podcast, we want you to think about things that you are grateful of. We have plenty of negative coming from us. Turn off the TV. Sit down and think and say, you know what I'm grateful of? I'm grateful of this and that. Mark has a great friend that doesn't have any arms or legs, correct? Yep. And he's grateful. Every day, this guy is grateful and he teaches other people to be grateful. And we we hope to have him on the show. Oh, I'd love to have Nick on the show. Yeah. So, yeah, we have some great, great cast of characters we'll be bringing in to inspire you that have really challenging conditions in life, but they're, they're getting through it because they look at the gratitude side of life and not the negative side. So until next episode, don't wait until you break. And uh, you can also, uh, to get more information, go to our website at www.humanmaintenance.com and uh, we'll be coming up with some really innovative tools uh, in this toolbox that you'll be able to uh, partake in. And we appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, it's your personal wake-up call. Live and fear not.